Welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyons podcast. We hope that this message encourages you and blesses you. Today, as we celebrate this weekend of Memorial Day, I also want to remind you, today is, the, is also celebrated as Pentecost Sunday in many churches throughout the nation, throughout the world. And really, it's the beginning of the church. It's the birth of the church. If you recall in the book of Acts, chapter 2, the disciples were all gathered together in what the Bible describes as the upper room in Jerusalem, where Jesus had told them to wait and pray for the, for the helper, the comforter, the Holy Spirit. And on that day, when the Holy Spirit came upon these disciples and a total of 120 people, including Mary, the mother of Jesus, they received what was called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And there, there in that place was the birth of the church. Amen? And that church has existed for these last 2,000 plus years. And it's still going strong. Can I get an amen on that? Amen. This was the birth of the family of God. Everybody say family of God. I've titled the sermon today, The Family of God. Amen. I want to focus in on that. And you're going to hear me say this term over and over and over. But first I want to share a little quick story. There was two brothers who entered the first grade. One said he was born January 1st, 1984. And the other said he was born April 4th, of 1984. That is impossible, said the teacher. No, replied the first brother. One of us is adopted. Which one, asked the teacher. I don't know, he replied. One day I asked my dad, and he kissed us both and said, I forgot. And, you know, we as believers, it's a reminder that we as believers have been adopted by our Heavenly Father. Amen. It doesn't matter what your background is where you came from, what, what language you spoke or speak, you were adopted. We are all adopted. Look at your neighbor and just tell I am an adopted son or daughter. Amen. You know, and this, this leads us when we, we talk about a, a loving family, the family of God. Some of you had the fortune to be raised in a good, loving home. And the minute I said that, those that were not raised in that kind of circumstance, cringed because you didn't have that. And I get it. You know, life is not fair. How many understand that? All you got to do is just live a, a decade in this world to understand life is not fair. And there will be things that will happen to you and I, to your children, to your grandchildren even, that aren't fair. But life still goes on. Amen? But how many are thankful that the Holy Spirit, as believers, comes alongside us to encourage us, to empower us, to strengthen us? And, and so some of you in these loving families felt secure, have grown up feeling secure and loving, and have felt loved, while others that didn't have that may have grown up seeking that love and security that you never received. And that's fair. That's what we're all searching for. And I know a God that can give you all of that. Amen? You know, I was fortunate to grow up with my three siblings. I'm the oldest, even though I look like the youngest. But I'm the oldest, and uh, we grew up in a close family and loving family, I would describe, to this day. 
we've never had issues, and if we did, they were quickly resolved because that was the example given to us. Amen? And, and even in, with my extended family, my uncles and aunts and cousins, and we all got along. We could get together. Uh, in fact, we have, I have my cousin Michelle here today, and it's so good to see you here today, and we can all get along with everybody. Right? Even though we may not see each other all the time. And that's a very fortunate thing because I get it. Not a lot of families are like that. Yeah, they stay away from each other. They dread Thanksgiving. They dread Christmas time when it's time to get together. And they say, do I have to go? Do I have to see that person? Well, you know, we're fortunate to be in the family of God. Amen? And, and this experience of my physical, biological family made it much easier to connect with a spiritual family because I didn't grow up in this. It wasn't until my mid-20s that uh, I, I found God or God found me hiding from him and running from him. So what I want to do for today and the rest of the next few weeks of June is focus on the family of God, on the relationships and the blessings that come about because of that, because we have a family of God. I want to have you turn to Romans chapter 8 this morning or this afternoon. We'll have it on the screen for you, but Romans chapter 8 and verse 15, and this is out of the New Living Translation, so it might read a little differently than your version, but it says this, So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you receive God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba. Or father. Abba's father is, is what the Aramaic uh, version of father is, is Abba. And, and because we have this heavenly father, we now have this relationship with him, which now he calls you son. He calls you daughter. That's a privilege only given to those that believe that have received his blood, have received his forgiveness. Amen? I remember shortly after I got saved, just a few years ago, in my mid-20s, I was walking down the aisle. Okay, don't laugh. All right. I was walking down the aisle at a grocery store in Napa. I think it was Safeway. But they all look alike, all the, all the aisles. I was walking down an aisle, and on the far side, here comes this, 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 this gentleman from the church I was attending. And he yells out in the loudest voice in the middle of the Safeway, Brother Rick, child of the king. And I looked around because I'm going, is he talking to me? Nobody had ever called me a child of the king. And he's just got a big old smile on his face. And, and sure enough, he's pointing right at me. And he's calling me a child of the king. That's what you and I are. I've never forgotten that. And that's why you'll hear me say here often, you and I are children of the king. That made such an impression on me because I, I never grasped that before. I never understood that. But now we have this unique relationship with a heavenly father that calls you his beloved daughter, his beloved son, and he loves you. Amen? You see, I had to process this new understanding. I had a new identity that I had to begin the process to understand this spiritual relationship that I never had before. I was now a child of the king, and so are you. In fact, don't get tired of this, but look at somebody right now and tell them, I'm a child of the king. 
And the church is the family of God. Amen? Not the building, not this old tin building. This used to be a welding fab shop years ago. I don't know if you knew that. Many, many years ago. It's not this building that's the church. It's you and I. It's every one of us. All the churches here in American Canyon. It's not the buildings, pretty or ugly, whatever you want to call it. It's the people inside of them that comprise the church. Amen? Now, here's the problem with that. And not, it's none of you here, but a lot of people have this misunderstanding of what the church really is. They have this understanding that the church, um, or this misunderstanding for its purpose and the nature of the church. They think of it as an organization, kind of like the Rotary Club, the Moose Club, the Lions Club. You ever heard of these organizations? That you just go uh, to a meeting, you check a box, and uh, you go on with your life. And, and many people have this misconception of church that way. Church is not an organization. It's a living organism. Church is alive, amen? Church is where, where you're healed of, of emotional, of physical pain, amen? Above all else, the church is a family. Everybody say family. Let me read to you Psalm chapter 68 and verse 5 in the Old Testament. Listen to this scripture of what the Lord says. Father to the fatherless, defender of widows, this is God whose dwelling is holy. What he's saying to you and I is he's our father. And that's a privilege you and I have that, to call him father. The question here this afternoon is, why do we need a church family? I'm pretty content out there, Pastor Rick, behind my gated community, driving my Benz and uh, looking at my nice 401k and my stock portfolio. I'm doing all right. Why do I need a church family? Well, I like what Pastor Rick Warren said. Anybody ever hear of Pastor Rick Warren? This is what he said. Church is not a place you go to. Church is a family you belong to. Let me say that one more time so you get this. Church is not a place you go to. Church is a family you belong to. No truer words have ever been spoken. I had, this week, I had asked somebody in our church to share. Um, in fact, this person that I'm going to invite up here in the next minute has been the longest attending member of our church. So why don't you give a big hand to our sister Irene Dismuke as she comes up to share and she's going to tell us about what it's been to her to be a, uh, a member of this, of this family. Thank you, brother. Absolutely. All right. Um, so uh, Pastor Rick did text me and ask me if I would uh, talk about belonging to this church family. And um, I told him, I said I was going to say it from my heart. And I have been thinking about it. But uh, so... A lot of you knew my husband, Wayne, and um, we started attending Foothill in Napa. I think it was 2008 or 2007. Yeah. So in 2008, uh, Bianca and Raquel were just these little girls like this, and we started attending the church, and um, we really liked the church. Uh, I wasn't raised in a – I was raised, I believe it was a cult, and um, – so anyway, so we started attending this church, and Pastor Rick was doing a foundation class, and I remember we, were, we would go there once a week, 
and I just wanted to say, first of all, I was very impressed the way he knew about a lot of things, like um, there were 66 books in the Bible. I did not know that. And uh, 27 in the New Testament and 39 in the Old Testament. Um, and, um, but, and then one more thing I, uh, he taught me is um, the acronym for Bible. Do you all know it? Basic Instructions Before Leaving Earth. So he taught us that. He was a good teacher. He wasn't a pastor yet. And we didn't know he was going to be a pastor because we were all attending Napa where Pastor um, Steve is. And um, so in 2013, was it? 2013, uh, uh, Pastor Steve started coming to American Canyon and doing a service in Napa, then doing a service in American Canyon, then doing a service in back in Napa again. It was 2009. And um, so Pastor Rick and Anna stepped up and said, we believe God is telling us to be pastors of this church. And so it was great because we lived in American Canyon anyway, so it was easier for us to go to, I shouldn't say easier, but we were, yeah. So anyway, so what I want to just convey to you is from the moment, you know, we became our little church, we, we had a couple of members. I remember Betty came in with Ed, and right after the church started, and it just, and then I remember Jill coming in, and people just started coming, and I want to tell you, I really feel like you guys are my family. This is just an extension of my own family, and I absolutely love this church. I love you, Pastor Rick and Anna and all you guys, and um, I don't feel like it's going to church. You know, we're learning about, he's, and you're a great teacher, you, it's hard for me to say what's in my head, but we are just people here who are hurting people, and we need a Savior, and we have them. And I'm so blessed to belong to all of you, and thank you. Thank you so much. Wonderful words. Um, kind of sounded like it was at my funeral there for a second. Okay, no, no, thank you for the kind words, absolutely. Church is a family, amen? It's not a place you go to, it's a place you belong to, and Irene said it very well, I think even better than Pastor Rick Warren. I want to just talk to you for the next quick uh, couple moments, a uh, couple things, because we got a potluck to get to. We're going to feed you physically as well as spiritually this afternoon. But the first thing I want to look at is, the blessings of being included in God's family. You see, there's blessings when you belong to a family. Blessings, amen? And just to be clear, the actual phrase, the family of God does not appear in the Bible. But there's many scriptures that allude to it, that make reference to it. But you won't find the family of God in the Bible. It's just not there. But like the scriptures that we read, they, they allude to the family of God. For example, Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 and 15 says this, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. Did you catch that? According to this scripture and others found in the word, 
Family not only extends to believers here on earth, but also to those in heaven. See, the family of God is not just here, a temporary thing. It's a forever thing. You're a family member of God forever. Once you pass from this life into the next life, you're still a family member. You're never disowned. Amen. That's a beautiful thing. God's family is a forever family. And that's what true family is all about. Can I get a big amen? It's a forever family. We become part of his family here on earth, and after we die, we're still part of God's family in heaven. And there's two primary blessings that we receive from being part of God's family. First of all, we share a relationship with the same father. Amen? We all have the same father. Have you thought about that? We all have the same Father. I don't care what color, what melatonin you have, what language you speak. We have the same Father. Amen? And that's a beautiful thing. You see, a, a biological family, or, um, they trace their, their lineage through their bloodline. And a lot of people, especially in our current age, get interested in that. How many have ever done those 23andMe or Ancestry sites, right? That's some of you here. You're trying to trace back your lineage, how far back you can go. And, and that's a wonderful thing to have, but I'm here to remind you today, you have a heavenly Father, amen? You have a heavenly Father that loves you. You see, when Jesus came and gave his life on the cross, he gave a new definition for a new kind of family, God's family, God's family. You see, everyone is a creation of God, but only those that believe on Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior can say God is their father. For example, this past uh, Wednesday, we have our Zoom Bible studies, and this past Wednesday, we covered the Lord's Prayer. And the very first verse in that prayer is, go ahead, say it, our father. Our Father. And here's the thing. All of us as believers have that privilege to be able to call him our Father. But imagine if I were to come up to my dad and his name is Chon. For short, people know him as Chon. Imagine if I just went up to him and say, hey, Chon, what's up? What's going on, homie? You know, I mean, why would I ever say that? Number one, disrespectful. Number two, he's my dad. He's my Abba. I have the privilege, there's only four people on this earth out of eight billion that had that privilege to call him that. Why would I ever choose anything else? I'm going to call him Abba. I'm going to call him Dad, right? And the same thing with our Heavenly Father. We have this privilege as believers to call him Father. Unbelievers out here that are not in church today, that have nothing to do with churches, they don't have that privilege. They can't call him father because he's not their father. Amen? And, and so I want you to understand you have a privilege to call the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, your heavenly father today. And, and we have that privilege each and every day of our life. Our father who is in heaven, that is who he is. Amen? The second point here today, we share fellowship with our siblings. Just like my brother and my sisters, we could, we could get along, we could do things, and we could share stories and, and talk about this and that. 
all of us here in church as we meet, as we get to know each other. You know, I've seen Irene's trials in the last, you know, 14 years or so. Mother Betty's as well, and, and Brenda's, and, and Jill's, and, and I can look at each one of you, and I can see the challenges you all have faced and endured, amen, with the power and strength of the Holy Spirit. But we have a fellowship now. All of you can come and get prayed for, get connected, right? That's what the church exists for. It's not just to check off a box and leave and feel good. I did my, my, my Cub Scout duty, my Girl Scout duty or whatever. It's a place for you to connect with God Almighty and then with each other. Amen, amen. Have you ever noticed that when you and I form a close relationship, a strong bond develops? Same thing happens in the church. A strong bond develops. We even start calling each other bro, sis, right? Hey, bro, what's up? Hey, bro, what's going on? It happens all the time. You know, this is exactly what happens in the outside world, in the gang world. All they're wanting is a connection, a bond. And when you have that, even in sports teams, that's your brother. You would do anything for your brother, your sister, amen? How many know that? That's how it works. The church world is no different. We are your brothers. We are your sisters. Amen. Our Heavenly Father created this connection to exist in this, in this church and in every church throughout the world. It's a forever family connected through time and space. Nothing stops it. Held together by the love of God and by the freedom that Jesus paid for on the cross. That's what holds us together. Again, you know, there's 8 billion people in this world is what they say. And out of that, approximately 2.5 million Christians, 2.5 million believers. That's not even half. But that's how many claim to be Christians. What it's telling you and I is that the majority of people don't believe in God, don't choose not to follow him, choose not to acknowledge him. And the thing is, 2.5 billion believers, there's power when we get together, amen? There's power when we assemble together, amen? No, no devil, no demon can stop you. Greater is he that is in you and me than he that is in this world, the Bible says. All by ourselves, we're not much, but together when we join with our brothers and sisters, we become a powerful force with the Holy Spirit behind us. Amen? I told you I was going to take a long time here today, but in, in closing today, in 2006, the company I work for expanded and we went down to Southern California and they were going to begin to uh, produce products down there. I work for a a puree company that we sell to restaurants and uh, the beverage industry. And so this new company was, uh, we were setting them up. And while I was there, I got a chance to uh, work with their production team, their production facility, and I got to meet their production manager. And after working with them all day, the very first time I met this, this man, we sat in his office and I just asked him point blank, are you a believer? Because... There's something about when you get next to somebody, there's something that connects with us. How many know what I'm talking about? You can work alongside somebody that you've never met before, and there's something there. And right away, he looked at me. He goes, 
you're a believer too, aren't you? That's what he said, because we were both believers, and he recognized that in me. And to this day, Eric and I still keep in contact. He lives in, actually, he's retired now, and he lives in Arizona. But it was the same spirit, because why? Because we belong to the same family, amen? We belong to the same family, whether it's here in Northern California, Southern California, Zimbabwe, wherever you're at, we can connect because we belong to the same family. The family connection was made possible by the Spirit of God. And it overwhelms any barrier, anything that would prevent us from connecting. And in fact, because of that bond of love that exists in God's family, you can have a close relationship sometimes with a brother or sister in God's family than sometimes your own blood. And that's just the way it happens. That's the way it works sometimes. But God wants you to know that you have family. All of you here, these are your brothers and sisters, but there's 2.4, 2.5 billion of them. Amen? Next time you get alone and you feel that the world's all against you, things aren't going your way, think about the 2.5 billion believers that are right behind you going, you can do it, you can do it, amen? Because they're your family, they're encouraging you. What a blessing to have a heavenly uh, father and a family, amen? How many are thankful to have a heavenly family or spiritual family like, like Irene was saying? To walk into a church that can love you, accept you for who you are. Doesn't matter where you came from, what you've done, how you've lived in the past. Because here's the thing that we all have to recognize. If God can forgive me and forgive you, who am I to not forgive you and accept you? Amen? Amen. That's the greatest, greatest news you and I can have. So again... In closing, the church isn't an institution. It isn't an organization. It's a family. And every one of us need a family. Say this with me. I need a family. Whether you're young, old, single, married, divorced, homeless, you need a family. And our Father in heaven has left us instructions on how to keep that family and there's many verses like this, but I want to read one to you found in the book of Ephesians, chapter 4. And just uh, stand with me as we close. We're going to read this scripture, and then we're going to close with, with a song here. But the scripture says in Ephesians, chapter 4, in verses 2 and 3, Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. You want to know how to live a life that God will bless? It's right here. Be humble. Be gentle. Be patient. Bear with one another in love. Saying, put up with each other in love. Make every effort, not just one. Well, I tried. Well, then try again, and try again, and try again to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. And then you will begin to experience the true family of God that God has intended for all of you. 
because I, I get it. Some of you didn't, didn't have that growing up. And life isn't fair, as I mentioned earlier. But here in the house of God, you can have that. Amen. It's available to each of you here today. Let's bow our heads today and let's just close in prayer. Father God, we love you. We thank you. We thank you that we are your family. We thank you that, I thank you that I am a child of the King. Thank you for each one here today that can call themselves a child of the King. We pray, Father, your blessings today. We pray, Father, for encouragement and strength. God, I'm so thankful that you brought me into a family of believers that we can fellowship together, we can pray for each other, encourage each other. We're never alone, Father. We're never alone. I'm so thankful for that today. And Lord, today I, I just want to, I just feel in my spirit that I want to make it right and I want to give an opportunity for everybody in this house to make it right with God. So this is what I want to do with your head still bowed, just praying with me. I want to lead us in a prayer of repentance. Because if you're out there thinking, I don't know if, if I'm right with God to call him Father. I don't know if I'm in the right place spiritually. Well, you can settle that right here, right now. And it's just by saying this simple prayer. But you mean it with your heart. Mean it with all of your soul. And just repeat these words after me, but I want you to mean them with all of your heart. Heavenly Father, I come before you. I know that you love me. You are my king. You are my God. I know you went and sent your son to the cross to die for me so that I would have everlasting life. Today I confess my sins to you. I ask you to forgive me of all my wrongs. Cleanse me, Lord, and make me whole. In Jesus' name, amen. Look at me. If you said that prayer, God's forgiven you. Whatever you've been holding on to, God's forgiven you of that. He's wiped it away. Don't hold that here. He's forgiven you of that. Amen? It's time for you to just connect with the family of God and start to live a life worthy of being called a believer. Amen? Amen. I'm going to pray the blessing over you as we uh, dismiss at this time. Just lift your hands one last time as we close in prayer. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen and amen. Thanks for listening. For more information, be sure to check out our Facebook page at Foothill Christian American Canyon.